glad to see all y'all this morning. And there we <clears throat> we started. <clears throat> I wasn't here last week, but week before last, we had got into a a, a little discussion, and uh, I thought we, we and we may not finish it this week. It may take next week. We're talking about faith and how you know when you're in faith, out of faith, when you believe and when you're not believing. And uh, so with all, all the, the, the new folks, I just thought it would, would be a good thing that, that we just go back and address this and, and walk through it. It'll be a good, a good uh, refresher for, for them that know. So let's start in Mark 11. We're going to be in Mark 11 and Mark chapter 4. Because we said Mark chapter 4 is the master parable of the Bible. Uh, you say if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand the rest of them? But our quote for this week is, Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. Worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. You know, when I worked in management and all, we took all these classes and they said out of ten things that a person would worry about, eight of them never happened. And the two that do happen are not as bad as you thought they would be. So our mind can take us down places and, and give us problems that, that, that never exist. And I think today, in the time we live in, probably anxiety, stress, worry is probably some of the, the things we deal with more than anything else because of all the uncertainty going on. So anyway, I said this is open discussion. I'd, I'd like to hear some of y'all's comments as we get into some of these points this morning. But Mark chapter 11, and we will start in verse 11. We all there? It says, And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked round about upon all things, and now was evening tide, he was come out, <clears throat> he was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said, All right, first thing. It didn't say Jesus spoke. This is key now. It says Jesus answered. He answered his circumstances. All right? You know, when you got circumstances every day, you may not answer them out loud, but you answer them here. Circumstances are talking to us all the time, either giving us something negative, giving us something positive. Every decision we make is based off a circumstance talking to us. All right? Now, the six eyes of faith, you need to write these down somewhere, because where, where, if you will follow these six eyes of faith, you can get what you need from the, from the kingdom of God. And they're all in these two parables that we're going to study. The six eyes of faith is, I believe... I will, I take it, I have it, I thank you. And the last important one is I forgive. So when you read something in the Bible, a promise, you have to make the conscious choice if I believe it or I don't believe it. You hear people all the time say, well, I just can't believe that. I just can't believe that's possible. See, they are making a, a act that they don't believe is possible. That's what they're, they're believing. I don't believe it's possible. So we believe in something all the time. We either believe the circumstance is going to 
going to overrun us or we believe we're going to overcome the circumstances. We are believing all the time. The question is, what do we believe? See? I will. Once you believe something, then it takes an act of your will. I will act on this. I will follow this. I will do this. See? And the biggest part in faith is I take it. I take it. I, I, I take that. I, I, I take that promise as it can happen to me. I, I, I have it. It's mine. So when I say I take it, I have it, no longer can I say things like it's going to happen. Where is going? Going's in the future. See? Going to happen. So you're just constantly going to follow it. It's going. It's going. It's going. You never catch it. See? Once you make the faith stand, at that moment, at that second, from that point on, it's past tense. I have it. Not I'm going to get it. I'll show you a good example. Go to, go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. I was going to do this later, but, but we'll look at it right now. Because when you get a promise of God, you got to, to figure out how to how to change it to make it line up with faith. And, and, and I'll show you what I mean here in just a second. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I'll give you all a second to get there. Don't lose your place in the mark. We're coming right back to it. All them little old bitty books. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Everybody has said this. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Anybody ever quoted that? Hmm? Philippians 4, 19. I'm sorry. I know it's a hard little book to find. I keep passing it or something. It ain't about three pages, so it's easy to pass. The Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all of them little bitty books. Okay. Philippians 4.19. says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Hebrews 11 and 1 says what? Now faith is. This, this second now. Once I said now, then I moved into another now. See? Now, faith is now. See, so my God shall supply all my needs according to riches and glory. I decide I take that, I have it. So now it's got to be, I can't go around saying God shall, God will supply my needs. You see it? I have to change it and say God has supplied my needs. God supplied my needs. Are you with me? I see some blank faces. But it's real important that we don't keep it out in front of us because we'll never get to it. See, faith is now. Now I believe it. And now I believe it, then it's past tense. I talk about it as it has already happened. Because we're going to see in a minute, we believe we receive it when we pray, not when we actually see the manifestation. See? All right, we, 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 we good with that? So you have to watch when you read the promise. It's a good promise. But once you stand on a promise, then you've got to put it in the past tense because you've already believed you received it, see? Not going to, not going to. See, God's going to heal me. God's going to help me. Well, you're always chasing it. See, 
you got to get it now, and then you got to get it in the past. Then, then your faith can, can hold on to it. Because when you start saying, I have it, then it paints a different mental image, a different picture in your mind of you possessing it and you having it and you enjoying it or you living it or whatever the case is. See? All right, right back to Mark 11. So Jesus answered his circumstance and said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem and went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and them that bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he would not suffer any man to carry any vessel through the temple. All right. Another thing you realize here, we always thought Jesus did this being mad. That He just tore the temple apart. Right? That's how we've always thought. But it says Jesus run them all out and He taught. He turned around those that were left and He began to teach them about what we're fixing to see right here. See? It says He taught them saying, it's not, it's, it is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they may destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. <clears throat> I'll say this about, about that. This ain't going to do with the lesson, but it, it'll just give you some history here. Why did the chief priests want to kill Jesus? You ever thought about that? Why did the chief priests want to kill Jesus? Well, this is the first example. The law required that you bring a perfect sacrifice once a year to Jerusalem. Okay? So these people bring in perfect sacrifices and the priests were finding a defect that wasn't there and taking the animal from them, making the people buy one from them for an exorbitant price. And they took this animal, put it back there, and then brought it back later and resold it to somebody else. That's what got Jesus mad here. See, that they profiting off the people even when the people are bringing good sacrifices. Now, Caiaphas is the chief priest, and he's a Sadducee. It's important you know there's a Sadducee and a Pharisee. Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. See? So when Jesus started saying, I'm the resurrection and the life and these things, see, Caiaphas was a famous teacher. He traveled all through the Middle East teaching this Sadducee philosophy that... that there was no resurrection. When you died, that, that, that was it, see? All right? And they were able... When, when, you see, Jesus raised several people from the dead, all right? But it was only a few hours or so after they died, see? And so they could justify that, well, they wasn't really dead or whatever. So then that's why Jesus did what he did with Lazarus. See, they called and they said, Lazarus, your friend is sick. Come. Jesus purposely delayed four days where Lazarus had been dead and they said he even stunk, right? So, and if you go back and read about this, this uh, story about Lazarus, see, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he'd been dead four days, then that just embarrassed all the Sadducees and the high priest. No way they could go against that. This is four days. He's already, we've already embalmed him. He's dead. He stinks. He's, you know, and then Jesus raised him from the dead. See, so now then, Caiaphas and all of those Sadducees were just mad to no extent. And that's when they really got after trying to kill him because everything they had taught, he just killed it in, in one minute. See? And so that's why that's why he was so 
adamant against him and, and, and the, what's the other guy's name that was his chief assistant, huh? Oh, I thought you were Nicodemus. His chief, chief assistant. Um, you know, Nicodemus come to him at night, you know, and, 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 but, but that's, that, that was the whole story of, of, of because of what the Sadducees and the Pharisees believed. See, then you get over to Paul, if you read in this, I'm sorry, I'm getting on a rabbit trail here, but Paul said what? I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees, you know. So he was on the side that believed in the resurrection, see, and the Sadducees didn't. Okay? You know, just a little note that it, I thought was really interesting when I, when I come across that one day. All right, verse 19. And so when evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. So in 24 hours, the fig tree had withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. You got children problem, have faith in God. You got money problems, have faith in God. That's the answer to everything. Have faith in God. Now, you sick, have faith in God. But the question is, I always have, well, how do I have faith in God? How, how do I how do I take this promise and actually see it happen to me? Does anybody else ever wonder that or just me? You know, most of the Christian life it's been hit and miss and we really we, we you know even in church we get hung up you know if, if God really moves we want to play that same song over and over and over and over again as if it was the song that caused the spirit to fall see if you notice we get in those habits see and then when God answers a prayer we try to go back and, and, and figure out if we can we can do it again but if we learn the process of faith faith works the same for any need for salvation, for healing, for finances, for children, it doesn't matter. The process is the same. And it's the same process when you got saved. You believed that if you confessed your sins and acknowledged Jesus as Lord, He would save you, right or wrong? That was a simple process. All right, so when you read, He'll supply all your needs according to riches glory, how come you don't take that with the same weight that you took He would forgive your sins? And that's why we, we, we miss it because we don't take that as the same truth as He would save our soul. we got to give it all the same weight. Because remember we started with the words salvation and saved, the soteria, and, and those words were all inclusive. See, the same power that saved you, the same power that heals you, the same that helps you with your finances, all, all those things, we, we went over those two words. But we have to develop a trust that, that this is God talking to me and He cannot lie. See, we believe He wouldn't lie about saving us. But we can't grasp the fact that I could have all my bills paid on time and have money left over. That just seems like an impossibility, see, or sickness or whatever problem you're dealing with, see. But we don't look at it from the same weight as we did salvation. All right, let's go. It says, For verily I say unto you, now we can start separating some stuff here and in Mark chapter 4, and, and you can find yourself in one of these. <clears throat> Mark chapter, uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So, everybody qualifies to speak to the mountain, right? Everybody's a whosoever. Everybody qualifies. Me, you, everybody. <clears throat> whosoever say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. So now we get some separation. Some people are going to doubt, see? So they were a whosoever. They had the ability to speak to the mountain, 
but they don't have the ability to see the, the, the result in their life because they're doubt. What is doubt? Break that down Unbelief. simple for you. Huh? Unbelief. Unbelief. Double-minded. Okay. I mean, unbelief, I mean, that's all part of it. Being double-minded. What is being double-minded? Well, as soon as we pray about something, then we go thinking about it again. About how it affects us. What we going to do. See, nowhere in this Bible have you read that you're going to do anything but talk. Our only job is to talk and believe. That's the only two things a Christian is required to do. We're not required to fix it. We're not required to make it happen. We're not, you know, we're not required to do any of those things but to speak and to believe. And that's all God's ever did, right? That's all He's ever did is speak and believe. See, And we created in His image. But for some reason, especially men, we think we have to fix it. And by us thinking we have to fix it, a lot of times faith, and I can't speak for ladies because I've never been a lady, but maybe it felt like one today, and I could have, maybe. It's depending on how you feel, ain't that right? right. I feel like it. Can you fake it till you make it in that stuff you reckon? <laughs> You're going to make me lose my train of thought. But, 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 but I could ask any of these men in here, when your wife or your child presents you with a problem, what do you try to do? We automatically start working on it, trying to do something about it, right? Uh-huh. So that, and that's speaking from my perspective, that hurts us because we think that we got to get in it to fix it, when really a lot of times we need to stay out of it and let and, and let them fix it. See? But so as faith, we got to remember that we, we we it's not in works; it's in believing. So being doubt, being double-minded. Uh, an alternative way. Well, if God don't do this, then, then I'm going to do this. If God don't answer my prayer, then I'm going to do this. Well, you already had your own answer. He ain't going to answer your prayer because you're not in faith. See? When you come up with plan B, God says, go ahead. Work your plan. So you stepped out. There ain't no and plan it never B. Works out. Huh? And it never, it never works B, out. That's right. That's right. Out. But I don't know. I've been saved 20, 25 years. So what she said, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over? I keep doing that over and over and over. Every one of us do. You know, we keep trying to fix it, trying to fix it. When it ain't our place to fix it, it's our place to believe it. So you can let him fix it. So believe his heart and shall, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe all those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore, based on what he just said in 23, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, when do you believe you receive them? Huh? When you pray. When do we believe we receive them? When we see it. You see, see the disconnect? See, I see people all the time. They're just so happy. Man, look what God did for me. Well, they shouldn't have been... A, happy then they should have been happy when they prayed it that's when you believe you received it see they really didn't believe they received it till they saw it that's why that it don't happen all the time to them you got to believe it and see it when you pray it not when it physically manifests itself see because faith is what 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 is romans uh was it romans 4 17 go to romans 4 holy place there go to romans 4 17 Probably getting ahead of myself here. 
Romans 4, 17. All right. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. There's the base factor of faith. Calling things that be not as though they were. The Jewish New Testament says, calls non-existent things into existence. The message says, with a word, you make something out of nothing. Now what do we do? We don't call things that be not as though they were. We try to call things that are as though they are not. I'm not sick. You lie. You're trying to call something that is as though it ain't. That's not what it says. It calls things healing as be not as though it was. So we've got to be careful when we go around making these confessions because we call trying to call things that we already have as if they don't. My arm ain't broke. Well, you're lying because it's hanging down. Huh? But that's, a, that's extreme, but that's what we do. We try to take things that are and deny their existence. That's not, that's, that's not faith. We call things that we want. I, I tell my kids, and which one of them was in here this morning, they tell you, don't say what you got. Say what you want. See, don't worry about what you got. Say what you want. See, that, that's a direct conflict to our human nature because we want to talk about what we have of what's going on and what the problem is. See, all that is doing is just generating faith in the problem. See, we can't take what we're we clear. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? You can't deny what you got. It's not calling things that are as though they are not. It's calling things that are not as though they are. We all there. That's an important step in, in getting this right. All right. It's verse 24 again. So therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have it. So that's what we're saying here. I have it and I thank you then I forgive. This is the... If without verse... Let's read verse 25 and we'll get into it. It says, When you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. So we have to decide me being mad is that more important than God answering my prayer? That's the question. Is me being mad at them giving me more satisfaction than God answering my prayer? See, you have to forgive. Forgive. And this is what I started doing because I don't like lazy people or slow people. How do you want to say it? I see all y'all say, oh. <laughs> they get on my nerves. And I got where now every time before I go in a restaurant, I say, Lord, I forgive. And I go ahead and I repent. I had to go ahead and get it all, all first before I, before I get it. And these people on the road, it's 55, folks, not 35. I need to get where I'm going. I don't. I see all y'all grinning. I'm like, don't you have anything to do today? I tell you another thing I fall into. There's nothing wrong with driving speed limit now. I, I'm not knocking that. But when you own down on there where I cannot walk in, you, and you drive it. <laughs> you know, we need to pick up the pace a little bit there. You know, I tell you the thing I was guilty of. I'm trying. You know, we we get these habits, and then when, when we get in a circumstance, it just comes out. Because it's, it's just a habit, it just comes out. You know, how many enjoy going to Walmart? <laughs> I live in Walmart. But, but I say things like this right here. I say things like, 
Man, I'm always in the longest line. Why is there, if, if, if I get in this line, it's always slow. Everybody says something like that. I'm moving this line, then it'll slow down that line and get ahead of it. Huh? I run through the self-checkout. I do self-checkout. But either way, you got, sometimes you've got a line back down there waiting for the self-checkout. So why do I always get in the slowest and longest line? Because I'm always saying. Exactly right. See, like we talked about a few weeks ago, your spirit is designed to give you what you want. For the, it don't know that you really don't want it. When we say things like, man, I thought, I was gonna, I thought that was going to kill me. Well, you, you, your spirit don't know that you don't want to die. See, that's what happened to the children of Israel. That's why and, and you see Psalms 90 where he talks about three score, ten years, you know, 70, 80 years. See, that's Moses asking God, why are these people dying? Or you promised us in, in 120 years, why are they dying? You know, and what does God say? They spent 40 years in the wilderness saying, we're going to die in this wilderness. We're going to die in this wilderness. We're going to die in this wilderness. So what did they do? They died in that wilderness, see? Because they, that's the spiritual principle. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, that, that's always at work. We have what we say. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Your spirit don't know the difference. So you have to always try to be, when you're learning these things, be on your guard because all that is in us, like I said, about the slow line, you know, you know, well, you keep saying you're always in the slow line or, or whatever. That's where you're always going to be, you know. Good things don't never happen to me. Well, don't worry about it. They ain't going to happen to you, you know. I, I don't believe in that financial prosperity. Don't worry about it. You ain't going to have to worry about it. It ain't going to happen to you, see. We, we X ourselves out, and we don't even know we're Xing ourselves out. All right, let's, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Do it. Yes. Go ahead and tell. We ain't going to get done today, so we'll finish it next week. Okay. Now, this is the parable, Mark chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 13. Because the first 12 verses, he tells the parable, and then his disciples ask him to explain it, and then this is what he's doing all the way through the rest of this chapter. And it's about this. Uh, let's just read it. Everybody there, verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable... And how then will you know all parables? So now, all the parables that Jesus taught hinges off of you understanding this parable to understand those parables. Okay? Now this parable is about four classes of people. Alright? He's going to break each one of them down. Four classes of people, and, and we all fall in into one of, these, one of these classes. It says, verse 14, The sower soweth the word. So that's us, right? So what are we sowing all day? What do we do all day? Yeah, 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 yeah. We talk all day long. We sow in words all day long. All right? I wrote this note up there. You sow seed to get a result or to solve a problem. When you speak words of faith, you are putting the answer into the problem. Instead of saying what I got, I'm, putting, I'm going to put the answer into the problem. I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to speak the result that I want. I'm result. So I'm putting the answer into the problem. <coughs> All right. I'm going to get ahead of myself right here, but I'm going to tell you, because he's going to talk about it in verse 26. See, the word is a seed. I put that answer into that problem, right? Now, are you familiar with a garden? When you put that seed in that ground, do you get a butter bean the next day? Huh? But we think that when we say something one time, then we work around like, why, 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 why did it, why? 
Why didn't it work? Huh? It's a process. Seed, seed. This is people say this too fast and don't get it right. It is seed time. Harvest. I ain't got enough room. Seed, some time, harvest. We say seed time. We put it seed. one word. Seed, time, harvest. Why time? All right? You got a hurricane coming. All right? What's the only thing that's going to stop that hurricane? Something bigger than a hurricane. So it'll do more damage than a hurricane. So what have you got? A mess. Right? You got a mess. <laughs> huh? What do you need, though? To get rid of a hurricane, you need wind shear. You need dry air up in the top. Just knock the top off of that thing, and it dies out without doing any damage. See? Time to do that. See? Time to do it. Now, if you get a miracle, it's all instantaneous. Right? If you break your arm, instead of it taking six weeks, it's healed in one second. The same process, the miracle just sped up the time. See? And that's what we have to realize. Time takes time to get everything adjusted into the spiritual order where you can get what you need or what you believe in for. See? In there. Seed, remember that. Don't get upset with the time because it takes some time. First, to get your thinking right. Second, for the spirit to talk, for instance, I don't know. Let's just let's just say you get something wrong with your body, all right, and you pray for healing, all right. Remember now the parable of the fig tree. Where where where, where did where did Jesus's words start? The root. See, when he first said that, the tree didn't die, right? It cut off at its source. And then the tree died because so so when, when you believe in for healing, see, faith always comes and, and God always works. It went in, all right, it went in, and it's killing the root. The what you actually feeling is the manifestation of the problem. That's why you're sick. See, you got to cut it off at the problem and then time for the recovery. That, that, that makes sense. So you, you need you need to spend some time with this. And, and, and understanding it because the process, see, seed, time, and harvest, all right, the reverse of that is it dies at its roots. See, uh, on financial issues, see, there, there's plenty of money in this world. The problem is you don't understand how to get your part. That's the only thing wrong with your finances is not that there's not no money, it's that you don't know how to get your part. See, so, you, so, so if God drops a million dollars on you today, Two weeks from now, you'll be just as broke because you don't understand the process. That's why all these football players and NBA players, two years after they retire, they all broke. Some made hundreds of millions of dollars. It's not a money problem. It's an understanding problem. See, for God to fix your financial problem, he got to fix your understanding of what's causing it. Why is it causing it? Where is it coming from? All those things, and then you're on a base that he can, at first you got to be a good steward where you are. If you're not a good steward where you are, then he can't trust you with nothing else, see? Right? So we have to, we have to under the, understand these, these basics here. Man, you're mighty quiet today. <clears throat> Verse 15, our first class of people. 
<clears throat> These are they by the wayside when the word is sown, and when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. Now, based on what we just talked about faith, what are the two words that stick out to this verse to you? <clears throat> How does faith come? By hearing. That's a process, right? And it's a now process, right? What does this say about this class of people? Have heard. Where's that at? They're not continuing. They heard it one time, tried to act on it, and hadn't went back and kept feeding on it. Faith cometh by hearing constantly, all the time. Because the more I hear it, the stronger my faith gets and the weaker the problem looks. The stronger my faith gets. Oh, I can overcome this. I can do this. I can get by this. See, because the hearing process builds me. But when I hear it one time and I don't, I don't do anything else until I get back to church next Sunday, that have heard is not strong enough to do anything. See? All right? It says, And Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, persecution, the devil is after you to get the word out of you. That's why persecution comes. That's why problems come. If he can get the word out of you, then you're no threat. If he gets the word out of you, then your problem never going to be answered. You're just going to say, there ain't nothing to all this. I was better off living my old life. See, he steals the word. That's what he comes. He comes to what? Not to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to steal. Read John 10, 10. Steal is the first thing. He wants to steal that word, steal that faith out of you. So every time you make a faith move, then God's going to turn up the heat. And I, I, I like to say it this way. If you've got a temperature of 100 and you believe God to be healing, don't be surprised if your, your temperature goes to 103. Why? He's trying to steal that word. Well, that didn't work. That prayer didn't mean nothing. See, he's stealing that word, stealing that faith, that seed. Remember, seed, time, harvest. But if he can abort the seed, then the rest of the process is irrelevant. That makes sense. He's coming after that seed every time you make a faith step. So when you make a faith step, you've got to expect some negative results or some, some, some drag, if you would say it that way, to come against you because he's going to see if you're going to stand or if you're going to fold. He's going to come get that word. So that's the first class of people that when they've heard, Satan comes and turns up the heat and they, and they just fall apart. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, and when they've what? In the same class of people, right? They have heard. They're not hearing the word. They immediately receive it with gladness. And have no root in themselves. I say they don't have any doggone it about it. No, no stickability. And you, you, you see this too, a lot with, 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 especially with this new generation. They just fold up at anything, any kind of issue. They just, they just fold up, you know. And, and I, I, I know a young lady graduated four years of college, had three jobs, quit every one of them because the boss talked bad to her. Ain't got no job. Now I don't know what you're going to do. I've never had a job where the boss didn't correct me or say something to me or get on to me. or You know, they just, they just will. They got no, got no doggone it about it. You know, sometimes you just got to suck it up and go. Even when you don't want to. There you go. It says, they have no root in themselves, but endure for a time. And afterwards, 
when affliction or pressure or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now, you know, the Bible talks about, Jesus said, you know, be careful if you're the one that offends somebody. It'd be better if a millstone was hung about your neck and you were thrown into the sea if you offend somebody, right? What's the problem with offense? Or just say being mad, and that's what it is. Have you ever tried to talk somebody mad? Huh? You, you're wasting your breath, right? Huh? Why? A, a, a offended person or a mad person, their mind is closed. You know, you, you ain't get, you're not getting through. You're just wasting time. If you wait till they calm down a little bit, come back later, they're a little more sensible, you can talk. I see, a lot of times that's the same way we are. We're not mad, but the pressure situation is generated up so much that we're frustrated, we're aggravated, you know, and, and then we come home and we, we blow off at the first person at the house that, that, that moves wrong. We just, we, we look into vents, see, as we wound up, see. So that's the same thing because if you're not in faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to get what you need from God. See, that frustration, that aggravation, that's what He's after here. Getting you aggravated, then you get closed-minded. God can't talk to you in that state. See? You cool down later, He may talk, but right now He can't talk to you. But right now, maybe exactly when you need to hear from Him. Depends on what the problem is and how big the problem is and what's going on. See? But if I let the problem frustrate me and aggravate me, and then when I think about it, it just makes me mad, then, then you exclude yourself. You're in this second class of people. We exclude ourselves from God being able to get through to us see, and tell us what we need to know. Because sometimes, sometimes the promise isn't enough. Sometimes we need some steps. What, what, what do I need to do? How do I need to handle this? What information do I need to, to change it? Because sometimes we need more than just the promise. See? And it's going. And, and, and but when we're in this situation of this offended people, then then he can't get that information to us because we we're, we're out of line of the love walk. See, because when you're offended or you're aggravated, that means you're offended or aggravated at more than likely somebody. It may be the the problem, but somebody started the problem for you. See, so you have to forgive those people and let it go to clear yourself up. And it and I, it's a lot easier to say it is to do it. Like I said, I've been trying to do this a long time and I fail more than I get it right. Because I'm one of them A attitude people. I can, I can go up in a hurry. I can go from zero to 100 on the mad scale real, real quick or the aggravated scale. And I don't like tedious stuff. Tedious stuff just, no, shut up. I used to not. <laughs> tedious stuff used to aggravate me. If there's steps that we're, we need to take, though, what you're talking about in the faith, and how do we... How do you know when you got to take them steps? How do you know there is a step? Do you listen for? What do you listen for? How do you, I mean, how do, how do you get directed? You, you're willing, you just don't know. That's right. But everybody at some point has been willing and don't know. But the question is, how bad do I want it? How much time am I willing to spend with the Lord? How much time am I willing to, 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 to follow this? And let's see. And, and this is something I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn too because I don't do enough of it. We pray... And then we get up and go about our business. That's not conversation. That's not that. That's just me telling God all my problems and leaving. There's no time for Him to talk to me. We have to learn, and this will help you when you sleep too. You have to learn when you pray to stop and clear your mind. Don't have have any thoughts. Kill all your thoughts. See, 
and, 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 and practice thinking it's coming from here. It's coming from here. It's coming from here. It's not going to come here outside in. It's coming from here. And you'll know it when it happens. You'll, you'll, you'll know that thought didn't come. Uh, I tell you the other morning, I, I've, I've had some real, we've had some real issues and, and some things, and so, so I've just prayed in spirit. You know, you know it, the Lord speaks to me more times than not when you're in that awake, not awake state. You know, you, 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 you're trying to wake, you know, and it really because then your mind is zero. You know, your spirit zero. You're kind of in that conscious, unconscious state. That's why you need a pad beside your bed. Everybody said, I'm going to remember that when I wake up. You don't remember why? Because it was something spiritual. It wasn't something from the, from the carnal side, see? So you don't remember it because it was spirit, see? That's why you need to stop right then, write it down in there. And I try not to turn the light to bother Angie, but sometimes, you know, it's hard to read it the next day because you wrote it in the dark. It may come around like that, come on back around, whatever it is. And uh, what I'm saying is, so I was, I was praying in the Spirit, and I've never had this before. I just heard myself saying, and it was coming up. I, I knew it was coming up. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I just, it's all I heard is, it's all right. Well, I knew that was enough for me. I don't have to deal with it no more. It's just, it's going to be all right. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't have to know how it's going to end. It's just, it's all right. He didn't say it's going to be all right. He said, it's all right. It's all right. See, so I could take that. See, now i got something that I can base. It's all right. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what, what. It's all right. It's all right. See, then you practice that all day. It's all right. It's all right. See, give him space to do what he does. Because all I do is talk and believe. Talk and believe. Talk and believe. All right. Anybody else on that? So we, we, we can't be offended. We can't be closed-minded. Verse 18. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this age, this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, this third class of people has done way more than the first two classes. They believed it, they took it, and, and they got a little sprout coming up out of the ground here. They, it, 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 the time is working. They got a little, a little sprout coming up. But it says here in verse 19, because it says such as here. See, they hear, they're in the present tense. They're not in the past tense. They're hearing, see. But it says they get lost in everyday life. So what has just happened to them? They get lost in everyday life. The, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. They just got stuck in verse 15 and didn't realize it after they had already started. See, we'll, we'll pick this up, up next week, but I want to say this but, but before we go. That they get lost and everything. They, they get so busy, and the devil will make your schedule so busy that you think that you don't have time to read or time to pray today because I'm behind. I got to catch up. I got up late, or the car didn't start, or or the the whatever. See, and then the first thing we give away, first thing time we give away is the time we had allotted to the Lord. We give it away first, and then we then we try to catch up our day. All right, we'll pick it up next week.